Welcome to Ebtide Wellness, where you learn mindfulness-based techniques to help you meet the flow of your life. Here, we authentically explore what is going on within us to best meet what is happening around us. There's no stopping life, but we can meet it no matter what the tide. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, inviting you to be Ebtide Well. This is Heather Rupp, and welcome to Abtide Wellness, the podcast. So we're continuing our discussion on change. And one thing that um, I think we're realizing is that the changes we see in many cases are really kind of disruptive and chaotic in their unpredictability. If we could predict the change, then we would, of course, overcompensate and overworry about how to meet the change. <laughs> So it's a good thing we can't, although many of us spend a lot of time worrying about the change that might occur and, you know, thinking about all the different possible options of what might happen. And then we're usually wrong and something completely unpredictable comes and disrupts our lives or disrupts our world or disrupts um, our society. And when I'm talking about this as a disruption and being unpredictable and even using the word chaos, I think there's some negativity that can be associated with that. But today I want to introduce you to an idea that in the face of the predictability of unpredictability and in the certainty of change and in the frequency of chaos, good things can happen. And so for many of us who have lost a lot of things the last few years, changed a lot of things, felt the world kind of slapped us across the face or maybe stabbed us or pushed us from behind. We're finding ourselves in a place of opportunity, of starting over. And that's the way I'm framing it. You could also discuss it like scorched earth. I have nothing. Well, if you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. And so I'm very much personally at this place that I adoringly call scorched earth, um, you know, in a job transition, um, relationship transition. <laughs> Actually, those are the only two things. Other things are going pretty well. But I have been in these places many times before um, where it just felt like complete blank slate where all the things that I had built up over many years or worked towards or really cared about and engaged in were gone. And it was very easy in those times, and I did feel like a failure, felt um, pretty hopeless, felt embarrassed, felt like things had not gone the way they were supposed to because I messed up and the world really should be going better for me. So it was my fault. With some experience, though, I now see these um, times when change happens, um, unpredictably occurs, or things just end now as opportunities full of inspiration, hope. And if I can find the strength and the courage, seeing it as, ooh, cool, I just got knocked down to the beginning. It's like when you're in a board game shoots and ladders or monopoly and you have to go back to the start. Well, maybe your strategy this time will be smarter. So it's not my first rodeo of this blank slate sort of chapter in life, this new beginning. Um, 
But the first time it happened to me, which is how I got into all this mindfulness stuff, it really was pretty pretty hard to take. I was totally thrown for such a loop because as I mentioned, I didn't understand that this was the natural way of things to change. I thought it was just supposed to get better and I was supposed to just kind of keep doing good and that everything would be okay. So I told you guys about how um, in 2011, I was in San Francisco. I was working for a startup doing science and Things were going really well. I was feeling really good until one day I just wasn't. One day I got super sick and over the course of a few weeks, I just couldn't walk and I really got knocked down. And then (laughs) the the startup I worked for went under, so I had no job. Um, And then I think I also broke up with my boyfriend at the time. So I really was like, oh my goodness, I have nothing in terms of the quantifiers that I had built. And I really struggled with that as much as the actual challenges that were in my life at that time. And this is where I discovered the concept that I'm going to teach you about later that was very helpful to me. And I got back on track. I got healthy. I got a new job. I got married and ended up back again in a life that I thought, hey, this is really great and stable. I was living in Oregon, really loved my house, really loved the town, really loved the the work, um, and for a while loved the husband. <laughs> came back around, that cycle came back around, it all fell away, I became dissatisfied with the job, I became dissatisfied with the partner, and um, I did love the house though. But it was time to, not time, I was forced to begin again, it all fell away. And so I moved here to Maryland where I started um, my business and dedicated myself to wellness and um, began to continue to understand how the mindset we have can contribute to how we meet these challenging times. And now, of course, here I am in another, I guess it could be called a challenging time, but it doesn't feel that way because I see it so differently now, another opportunistic time where I get to rebuild. So the first time this happened to me, scorched earth, was devastating Happened again. You know, it was hard, but I knew I would get through it. Happening now, and it's fun. It's because I understand that this is something that is inherent, these changes, these unpredictable um, times of destruction. I get it, and I can also manage the difficult emotions and stressors that come up with mindfulness. So this helps me be more hopeful and patient and trusting that there is something for me on the other side. And I share this with you just in case you're in the same place to give you the possibility that you could be hopeful and patient and trusting as well. And that maybe when things are falling apart from for you, if they are falling apart for you in terms of how you're seeing it, that maybe things will actually be better than they were before on the other side. So we have this capacity. Think of how many times in your life that things have shifted. But then we build and we adapt from these challenges and we get back to leading lives that we're happy with. So let's just do an inquiry now. I want you to reflect on a time in your life where at the time you felt like things had fallen apart. It's usually with a job loss or a relationship ending or a health crisis. Or 
watching the world around you change. I don't know, maybe a pandemic happened to you. <laughs> Reflect on a time when things really crumbled. And this time when you got to the other side in the past, where were things actually not just okay, but better than they were before the challenge? Bet you can imagine the scenario. It can't be too recent because we're still building. But sometime in your past, there was a time where you thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. I'm devastated. I'll never be okay. And then, you know, a year later, you look back and you're like, wow, that was like the best thing that ever happened to me because look where I am now. It's even better. I'm always amazed like at the capacity of people's hearts and their ability to love. I mean, thinking of how many breakups we have, heartbreaks, but then we just go out and do it again. <laughs> and that's because we have something that could be considered resilience. And the definition of resilience by Andrew Zoli is the capacity of a system, enterprise, or person to maintain its core purpose and integrity in the face of dramatically changed circumstances. And so resilience is a huge and popular topic now, especially because everyone in the world has gone through so much the last few years. Can we maintain ourselves? Can we maintain who we are, what we value, our goodness, our purpose, even when things are really hard and circumstances have changed? The ability to do so is resilience. And it's a capacity that we all should strive to foster. And resilience is cool. But it implies that the strength of being resilient is that we are able to remain the same in the face of a changed circumstance, that the circumstance doesn't change us um, from being who we are at our core. Well, there's another option here that when changed circumstances or challenges occur, we don't just maintain who we are, but what if we actually get better? So it's more about surviving through changes to stay the same on the other side, to look the same as we were before the challenge on the other side. What if we actually see life as meeting change and unpredictability and chaos as triggers and growth opportunities for getting better. And this comes from a book by Nassim Taleb called Anti-Fragile. And for me, when I first got knocked down in San Francisco and I got sick, I came across this book and it was in 2012, it was published, and it really changed my perspective. So I'm going to quote something from his book. He says, some things benefit from shocks. They thrive and grow when exposed to volatility, randomness, disorder, and stressors, and love adventure, risk, and uncertainty. Yet, in spite of the ubiquity of the phenomenon, there is no word for the exact opposite of fragile. Let us call it anti-fragile. Anti-fragility is beyond resilience or robustness. 
The resilient resists shocks and stays the same. The anti-fragile gets better. So anti-fragile became my new favorite word because for me it was the opportunity to get better from something that was really hard and challenging and came from volatility and uncertainty. What if all of that just gave me the opportunity to get stronger and be wiser and be more capable and more resilient on the other side to be better? And so to make this even more clear, um, Taleb gives the great examples to distinguish between fragile, robust, and anti-fragile from some old myths. So being fragile, obviously, we think of as something that can break. And so his example would be um, from the Greeks, the Democles, who the story is he's dining with a sword dangling over his head. And so obviously he's fragile. There's a sword that's going to fall on his head. Like he's not going to be better from that. <laughs> it's a small stress to the string above the sword that will kill him. So he's done. He's got a fragile system. What about a robust system? That could be considered the phoenix. We all know the phoenix. I love the phoenix mythology. The phoenix dies and it's burnt. But from the ashes, it rises the same as it was before it was killed. It rises and it's amazing. And we consider this to be, wow, the phoenix rising from the ashes. That was a uh, archetype that I held in my mind for a long time before I discovered anti-fragile was, yeah, I'll be burned down, scorched earth, but I will rise again. But the phoenix always returns to the same state when it suffers a stressor. It comes back to be the same. Okay, so the third myth is the hydra. And this demonstrates anti-fragile. So the hydra, when I think it's Hercules, cuts off its head. Oh, the hydra does not come back with one head? The hydra comes back with two. <laughs> so the hydra was challenged and circumstances changed in which the hydra was being cut at the head with a sword. And it said, okay, next time I'm going to be coming back with two heads. Try to cut it back now. So rather than being the phoenix, let's be the hydra. You cut off my, you cut me down, well, I'll come back twice as capable, twice as fierce. So unlike the fragile, or even which break under the stress, that unlike the robust would stay the same with stress, to be anti-fragile means you actually benefit from volatility and shock. This is because it forces us as individuals, as systems, as societies, as businesses to build up extra capacity. And so let's think of some good examples. Um, nature is one. That's the way evolution happens. So say um, uh, a disease wipes through a particular population of insects. Well, some insects will survive and they will have some mutation within them that allows them to return and then they're better. Their offspring will be better and they'll capitalize upon the change that has happened to take over the ecosystem that killed most of the other members of the species. And thinking about our health, when you go to the gym, you work your muscles, you tear the muscles, but they don't break and they don't repair they come back and they build stronger. They say, okay, I see what is being asked for me in this new circumstance now. 
and I need to come back stronger. And that's what the healing of the muscles is. Sore muscles is your body rewiring itself to be stronger for the next use. You can think of the same way of immunizations. You get a challenge to your system and the body responds and says, okay, I see this shock has shown me what I need to be ready for and build for. There's another really cool um, health metric. I'm sure you've heard of heart rate variability. It's on the Fitbits and stuff now. Heart rate variability, it's not your heartbeats per minute, but it's how much there's variation in your heart rhythm. So we want to be able to have our heart increase quickly when it's meaning a stressor, like you're going to go for a run, you want the heartbeat to go faster. We also want the heart to be able to slow down and come to rest. We don't just want a standard heartbeat that's always the same, no matter what the circumstance. The more variability your heart is able of engaging in, the healthier you are. Relationships. Those relationships that have gone through challenges and tough times, thinking of the people who've been married for 50 years, those made those relationships stronger and better in most of the experiences. And we can't ignore the whole COVID pandemic thing. Many systems came out of COVID stronger, better, thinking of all the ways that the tech world rose to the occasion to give technology, to allow people to work from home, to allow things to become much more automated, to allow us to do things um, like order groceries to your house and get food delivered. Thank you, DoorDash. And I know all that was there before the pandemic, but those systems that were in place were then challenged and stressed by COVID and either became stronger or went away. And those that became better were anti-fragile. Thinking of the restaurants we know, I know my favorite restaurant in, um, in town, it didn't have an online ordering option before COVID. But now after COVID, when they had an online ordering option, I order that almost every other day for lunch. And it's super easy, super quick. It makes me more likely to go there because I can just run in and grab my stuff and go. That's some way they got stronger after being challenged rather than having to call on the phone for takeout. So unlike fragile items, which break when they're under stress, like that glass vase, when you're anti-fragile, you bounce and rise up stronger. So to be anti-fragile, you have to experience the tough stuff. We always talk about the snowflake or, you know, or like the helicopter parents who overprotect their children. When we do that, the risk is that they're never exposed to challenge, so they don't get stronger. People who have perfectly easy, normal, non-disrupted lives don't learn how to be better. So I'm grateful for the many <laughs> disruptions, challenges, and stressors of my life because I'm grateful for the strength and the resilience and the growth that resulted as a complete outcome of those. And I would not have been forced to do that, to change, to grow, to become better if I hadn't been honestly forced to. When things are going well, 
we rarely decide now's the time to revisit my childhood wounds or my spiritual perception and framework. <laughs> you know, it's when we get challenged that we decide to say, okay, well, where can I find more capacity for this life, seeing now what it's asking for me? And sometimes it changes the chaos. It's not like they're hurting you directly. Other times, it's just you see an opportunity. Again, thinking back to the pandemic, lots of opportunities were created. The healthcare industry, I mean, whoever was making hand sanitizer was really given an opportunity there. <laughs> you got to hit on the opportunities that come from disruption and see them. And not try to just live in a completely tranquil environment. And there's other ways that keep us more anti-fragile. It's by being aware of where our, our vulnerabilities are. If you've got a monetary system or debt or something um, in your life that if it goes, you're done, you're really wiped out, well, that's not going to let you be anti-fragile. So in the book, he talks all about you know, how this applies more to countries and um, politics and things and economics, which I'm not going to pretend to describe well here, but I highly suggest you take it out. I think more at the individual level, it's really important to remember that this desire most of us have just to be safe, to be comfortable, to not have things change so much, it makes us fragile. It means we don't Remember how to respond to when things get tough. If you don't, don't go to the gym or you don't exercise. I exercise. I don't go to the gym. So you don't go to the gym to exercise, just to be clear. Um, but if you don't exercise and push your body a little bit, it's not going to be able to respond when it's needed. Variation is necessary. And I'm going to read one more quote from the book, he says, the best way to verify that you are alive is by checking if you like variations. Remember that food would not have a taste if it were not for hunger. Results are meaningless without effort, joy without sadness, convictions without uncertainty, and an ethical life isn't so when stripped of personal risks. So variability has a bit of risk. Sometimes the risks we take in change will benefit us, obviously. Sometimes they'll need us to make more changes. But if we don't take small risks, if we don't allow ourselves to be open to small stressors, we're going to be knocked down by a huge one. If we allow ourselves to welcome in these small stressors, again, just like immunization, then we come really good getting stronger and thriving when change and unpredictability happens, which it will. So another inquiry here, is there a place in your life where you're resisting variation? Is there a place in your life that you want to just be tranquil, not change, and you're holding and grasping that it stays the same? Considering this place 
Is it fragile? Is it vulnerable to disruption? Is there a small stressor you could welcome to help it get stronger? Could you loosen your grip of control and allow the natural smaller stressors that occur to help you become more capable in this part of your life rather than just trying to hold it as it is? What if you just allowed life to flow through this part of your world. So if your response to that inquiry was one of stress or resistance, that's totally normal. And this is where mindfulness is really important. If we're going to hold space to let go of our need to control, to trust during times of challenge and disruption, We need a tool, and mindfulness is that tool. Having the capacity to find your center, having the capacity to hold space in the moment for what's happening without over-fixating on the future or the past lets us ride out the unknowns. Mindfulness lets us see the positive with gratitude even during disruption. So during a completely disruptive, difficult time in your life, you can still hold space in your heart for what is good there, even if it's something super simple, like you're still breathing, you can still see the sky. And by not grasping, by not clinging, we allow the change. We also have a capacity to commit to the integrity of who we are. So the outside doesn't determine us. If the outside is what's determining your perception of yourself, then you are fragile, you will break. But if you have a core perspective on who and what you are and self-love, the outside pressure, it won't break you. You'll rise up to meet it from your inner strength to just become stronger. You will get better. So this term anti-fragile, sit with it, notice it. Look around in nature, look around in businesses, look around in family dynamics. I know, again, my fa- like favorite family here in town has been through a lot. And they're the most loving, joyful, beautiful people, I think in part because of that. If you hold your strength, if you hold your trust, your faith, whatever that is, during disruption, if you see the opportunity for growth, you'll become better. Let's come into meditation to connect to this a little more deeply, finding whatever posture works for you. Maybe the eyes are closed, maybe the gaze is just lowered. Allowing yourself to turn attention inward. So wherever you've been externally focused, in the mind, in thoughts, So allow that to fade into the background as you draw your interest and attention more and more to how it feels to simply breathe. I want you to feel how the breath is never the same when we're not controlling it. 
allowing yourself to feel how sometimes inhales are long, sometimes they're short. Allowing yourself to feel how sometimes the exhales are long, sometimes they're short. This feeling how the breath is ready to adapt, not trying to stay the same. It responds to its constantly changing environment to bring what it needs and to release what's done. And if you were to go out for a run frequently, you would realize that the capacity of your lungs to be adaptive would increase and get better by the disruption of increasing your cardio demand. So let's just learn from the breath, allowing ourselves to rest in the breath, You can also come into the heartbeat. You put your hand on your chest to feel it, if that's easier, but just feeling this heartbeat like the breath, it's not always the same. Sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow. Changes depending on the demands around you. To keep this heart capable of responding to disruption and demand, we need to give it slight stressors in our lives, exercise, for example, so it becomes strong, high capacity when challenged. Heartbeat, the breath. Dynamic, resilient, but also capable of getting better, we offer slight stressors and disruption to routine. Allow yourself to relax the body, to release the control you might be grasping at in your life around you. Macro, micro, release the control. Life is going to change. You can respond to this change as opportunity to get better. So release the grasping of the hands. Release the tensing of the forehead, the overvigilance of the ears and eyes. Turn inward. That's where the truth is. The answers are. Allow the belly to relax out of its Tension, it's worry. You can't predict it. So just be in this moment. Build your capacity here now. Releasing body out of shoulders, out of legs, hips. Just coming into the ease of breath and body in this moment and feeling how here is where in every moment we get the chance to meet exactly what is happening. And in meeting the minor moment-to-moment -moment stressors, we become stronger. When the big one comes, 
will be able to adapt and grow. Where in your life, if you release the control, if you release the needing it to be that way, is there a chance to get better? Where a small stressor might encourage you to rewire the brain, to strengthen the body, to take a small risk. Breathing into the heart, out of the mind, draw from within you what you need to be willing to do that. Whether it's self-love, trust, that spark of hope, that capacity to keep going even during hard times. Hold within you the knowledge that disruption, volatility, it won't be the end of you. It will be the gift that makes you better if you allow it. Close with a quote by Viktor Frankl. I am of the nature to grow old. I cannot escape growing old. I am of the nature to have ill health. I cannot escape having ill health. I'm of the nature to die. I cannot escape death. All that is dear to me and everyone I love are of the nature of change. I cannot escape being separated from them. My deeds are my strongest and closest companions. I am the beneficiary of my deeds. My deeds are the ground on which I stand. Thank you so much for listening and being Eptide Well this week. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening and showing up, not just for this podcast, but for yourself. If this episode resonated with you, why not share it with someone else who you think might connect with it? I'll see you next week. In the meantime, be ebb tide well. <laughs>